0: Bring yourself back online. Remember. We're back. Freeze all Motor Functions, a Westworld podcast that doesn't sound like anything to J-Bone. That's me. And doesn't take itself too seriously like Ross Bolin over here. Don't call yourself J-Bone. I've been doing that for years. People know me affectionately as J-Bone be great if you stopped the bone man people call me Ragged bone man actually had a hit song last year not gonna i'm that. only human after all oh my god jared we're coming to you from grand x media headquarters in austin tejas with our thursday analysis mode episode where we will be responding to a bukkake of listener voicemails from the cold line <laughs> You can't even get through it
1: without fucking laughing.
0: And answering the burning questions we all had after watching Phase Space this past weekend. <laughs> I just, how am I supposed to take this seriously? We're gonna start off like we always do. Thank you to the listeners for listening, subscribing, rating, and reviewing. You help. You help make us from nothing into something this season, and we're gonna try to stay something forever. <laughs> we're gonna try to stay top of mind. So when you think. When you wake up in the morning, I want you to think freeze on motor functions. That's, well, hopefully you, you're unfreezing them. For you, you, that's a good point. Movement purposes. Yeah, it's like you, you're, you're unfreezing your motor functions and thinking about freeze on motor functions. Yeah. If you enjoy what we do here and you haven't done those things yet, uh, rate, review, subscribe. Listen, you're doing that right now, so you at least got one out of the way. It's super helpful to us. And guess what? Right now, we have 432 reviews on iTunes, which is phenomenal. It's very good. Thank you guys for that. But if you want the dream shirts, the dream shirts that are we've been gassing up and talking about for a while, that Schmelzi Mendelssohn is currently still working on the design for Just over there. you. You're the only one gassing them up. Well, you like him too. Because you know, you've seen Schmelzi's original renderings, right?
1: No. And I, I would love it if we had something to motivate the listeners to rate and review other than what
0: might be the biggest mockery of a T-shirt ever made.
1: I'm By prove a person you, that doesn't exist, I'm Schmelzi pro-
0: Mendelssohn? Schmelzi Mendelssohn. He exists. He's, a, he's in Eastern Bosnia right now studying at an ashram. Anyways, sorry. I don't want to get into Schmelzi. We've been going back and forth. He doesn't answer emails a lot. He's hard to work with. Schmelzi. We have 432. If we get 168 more, that's all it takes. Then uh, you get a bad t-shirt. That's a small fraction of this listenership, 168. Then we get to 600, and the dream shirts are going to drop, Here's baby. Here's the thing. You yeah.
1: can see the numbers. All right, we know how many people are listening to the show every week because the statistical, the fucking, the websites tell us. So we know how many of you have not rated and reviewed, and it's an obscene number. It's a very, very absurdly high number. It it almost
0: makes me cry. If,
1: If right now you're listening and you're thinking, oh my God, it's me, and they know, we do. And you should feel ashamed. Please
0: take care of us. This is our work. This is our jobs. I'm not a hero. This is just my job. I come in here and I do this for you and it's also I get paid for it. But still, yeah, help, help me out. Yeah. Because if I lose this job, I have nothing. Help, Jared. My girlfriend's going to leave me. My mom's going to leave me. She's going to just not be my mom anymore. What? Yeah, my, everybody's going to leave me if let's I lose this job. just get into job. the hotline okay, calls. Let's get into hotline calls. Here we go. First call.
2: Hey, Ross. Hey, Jared. Hey, intern Luke, who's hopefully keeping the uh, key jingling and door slamming to a minimum this episode. It's Serena. Um, So I was just thinking about that opening scene where Dolores is interviewing Bernard and she says fidelity, which was a recall to that James Delos scene. And I wondered if you guys thought that this in combination with the fact that we know that there's a room full of Bernard's means that they are possibly testing Arnold's consciousness in host Bernard's. (laughs) Could be a crackpot theory. Thought I'd see what you guys think. Thanks. Bye.
0: Uh, Sadly, intern Serena, it is indeed Michael Wiener who is producing this podcast today, not intern Luke. So if you hear some more key jangling and door slamming and just overall insufferable behavior, we apologize. Now, going back to what your call said, I do think that this is what's happening. I think this is Dolores has found William's weapon and is using it to reincarnate arnold inside of a bernard host body and this and she's teaching him currently and trying to make him be fidelitous i second this notion entirely but it's also what they're kind of leading us into believing so then you got to think maybe they're tricking us yeah
3: i don't know jared i don't know
0: because we don't know where this fits into the timeline this scene that we've seen we just don't know where it fits in because it's it's you can b- believe it in a number of ways. You can believe that the, what we saw in episode one was the original version of this scene. And that, you know, because we know this scene happened before. Because Dolores said he didn't say that. Meaning she's been in this interaction before. It's something that's already happened. So you can believe that the episode one iteration is the original. And the one we just saw is, uh, you know, one of the fidelity tests. Or you can believe that the, they were both fidelity tests. I believe I can fly. I believe you can touch the sky.
1: Also, we should get Fidelity Insurance to sponsor the podcast. I
0: agree. I, I, I actually did give them a little bit of a mention, remember, back in the day.
1: Also, do you have like a contract with Intern Serena where she gets to be the first phone call every time we do one of these analysis episodes?
0: No, she just calls in on Thursday mornings. Because
1: that's like three in a row.
0: Yeah, she calls least. in Thursday morning because she's in she's on West Coast time. So she like wakes up and then calls in and then and then it's like already time to get on the show. West side. Next call.
4: Hi, guys. Haley here. Still in Nebraska. Yeah, I have a lot of time to think about Westworld. So I have a question for you guys. Um, I mean, why do we think Ford is really, like, entering the park now? Like, why? Like, what is his, like, reason of being there? I've been thinking that, like, like his partner, he shares the same ideas but he finally has found a way, unlike his partner, to make the park actually alive or something, where his partner just wanted to end the cruelty of it all because he couldn't come up with a way of making them, like, actual consciousness. I don't know. What do you think? Okay,
0: bye. That's pretty close from what I I believe. I think that we know Ford said he realized shortly after Arnold's death what these hosts were capable of, but he needed to give them time to learn humans, learn how they act before he sets them off into the real world to kind of like fight off against them. So what I think he was doing part of this plan of what letting them learn humans and learn what they do before they went out to attack them is that after they were ready for that, which is the whole Dolores thing, then he would put himself into the park to protect it. Do you think we ever get an explanation from Ford about his motives? Yeah. I, I think it's all based on what we already know about Ford, honestly. Well, yeah, but, but a lot of what we're going off of is, you know, kind of assumptions. Don't I mean. Yeah. So I think that Ford's plan was this. Ford's plan. I think it was Thank this. Thank you. You go back and check out that amazing Photoshop that Inder did on our social. It's amazing. Of what? The Ford's plan Photoshop of uh, Anthony Hopkins as Drake just dishing out consciousness in Miami.
1: (laughs) Yeah. That's one of the more obscure, ridiculous photoshops that exists
0: on the whole of the internet. It's incredible. So anyways, I think Ford's plan was after Dolores got her consciousness to, and he's like, okay, now the hosts have a leader. They're ready to rebel against the humans. It also, he was kind of forced into it. He probably would have wanted a little more time, but, you know, the board was coming in. So he's like, well, better now than never. So what he did was he put himself into the cradle, and in there is where he's protecting all of the server and, and like stuff that could easily just be shut down. He's protecting all of that while the hosts go and do the rebellion. But so why does he want there to be a host rebellion? Because he knows that they're alive. He, he, he's, there's nothing that separates their consciousness from ours, and he just has a cynical view of humans after seeing everything they've done. Doesn't like humans. Not a big fan of humans, I don't believe. Wants to replace us. I think these are his creations. It's like him. if they take over the world, it's like him taking over the world. Is Ford a villain? It depends how you look at it, really. I mean, does it? A lot of people view heroes as villains and villains as heroes. In my eyes, I really like the character of Ford, and I'm not emotionally connected to the humans in this TV show because they're just humans that I don't know. And in this reality, I kind of enjoy the rebellion because it's kind of dystopian and sick. Good answer. What about you?
1: I'm the one. I'll be asking the questions here, Jared.
0: Okay, next call.
5: What's up, Famp? This is Jacob
1: living in San Jose. Um, I want to talk about Ashley Stubbs. And you guys mentioned he's going to get burned. But like, what does that mean once he's burned? Like, he's going to have no money, like, no credit, no job history. Uh, They're probably just going to dump him in whichever city they want. Like, hopefully, like, a city like Miami, like, that'd be ideal. But then, like, who's he going to rely on? Like, hopefully a trigger-happy ex-girlfriend, possibly, like, another security guard that used to inform on him, hopefully family. But, you know, it's all
5: downhill from here. So hopefully he can bounce back on his feet and make the best of this life. Alright, thanks guys. Catch you later.
0: What? Okay, what? this is my what? this what? might be my new favorite call of all time. Ross, do you understand what just happened? Not at all. This guy, Jacob, living in San Jose, just did an entire call where he replaced Burn Notices Michael Weston with Ashley Stubbs. Do you have any idea how upset that makes me? <laughs> Well, Burn Notice is another great TV show, so it makes sense that we'd bring it up on with the Westworld podcast. I thought that, it was just an insane person uh, talking nonsense. No, Jacob, living in San Jose, just went through the entire intro sequence of Burn Notice, which at one point I could say word for word from memory, which I might still be able to, but I know you probably don't want me to do that. No,
1: thank you. Is the actor that plays Ashley Stubbs from Burn Notice?
0: No. So this is just a complete and total... This is you. This is your fault. This is your humor taking form in in another... See, this man was influenced by me to make this call
1: because of my burn notice. Some could say you are the Abernathy of the real world that is
0: poisoning the minds of the other humans. Some can say that, yeah. I love this call. My name's Michael Weston. Damn it, Jared. (laughs) I used to be a spy until... Beep. We got a burn notice on you. You're blacklisted. Oh, Oh my God. When you're burned, you've got enough. Okay, so nobody
1: cares about <laughs> Burn Notice. That was
0: all for memory. Haven't even watched the show in like a year now because after you watch all the way through Burn Notice, which I will say takes like 2 years to do. It's it's a really long series. <laughs> don't don't do it. Please don't. Do it. It's it's amazing. It's it's also, endlessly entertaining. Just really quickly. Don't watch Safe on Netflix. Oh, you said this. It's bad. Do not watch it. What's it what's a 2-second two, n- two synopsis? No, not worth no. it. Just trust me. <laughs> trust me. It is so bad. Oh my god, don't watch it. Okay, there you go. Watch Burn Notice, don't watch Safe. Next call.
2: Hi, again, this is Allison from Washington State. I was just listening to the Face Space podcast. I think that possibly the third of the IP that was deleted and completely
4: taken out of the cradle
2: wasn't the people meant for the Valley Beyond, but it was all of the hosts that Ford was somehow connected to and Bernard and Elsie cut Ford out of the cradle and, like, took his consciousness out of the cradle by cutting out a third of the cradle. And that, that is why it's all disappeared and none of the hosts are viable anymore. So I think that they cut Ford off. Love the pod.
1: So is this theory, Jared, that, all right, the point we see where Floki, as I call him, what's his
0: real name? One of the Scar's Guards. Whatever the Carl I mean, strand
1: strand where Carl's out there is it Carl yeah okay crazy Carl is uh, informed that a third of the IP is missing that is the uttermost future version of events we see right yep furthest into the timeline that is the furthest we've seen so the caller is theorizing that between you know now and then something else in Bernard delete all of the things that Ford is is controlling within the
0: world? I don't think that they deleted it. It's, it's deleted. that I think she's saying they like literally took it with them somehow. Ooh. Escape. Because she said uh, they cut him out of the cradle and took his consciousness out by cutting out a third of the cradle. Catching so I don't know if she's saying cut it out, like destroyed it or took it with them. I don't think that they would destroy it because... That's still all the i the, like the the host backups are still in there too. The fact I, the word cradle for
1: some reason bothers me. I just needed to share that. Well, it's because you hate children. It's not. I don't hate children. Trick lot of kids. I just don't get. I don't. I don't like the
0: word cradle. It's kind of a weird, creepy word. Yeah. Cradle. 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 Oh, cradle. I will play. That no. What? Drake No. Next call.
2: Hey y'all, it's Amanda from Portland, Maine. Um, I just can't stop thinking about the fact that in the last episode, all of Elsie's lines were coming up as captioned by Charlotte Hale. Uh, I know you guys responded to my tweet. I just, I can't stop thinking about it. I need to talk about it with someone. I really hope you guys discuss it. I know you saw it too. Feeling a little crazy here. So uh, any thoughts, ideas, anything? Thanks y'all. Love the podcast. Bye.
0: Multiple people's crackpot theories this week that they sent in to us on Twitter at All Motor and Instagram at All Motor Functions were that this was some sort of mess up by the subtitling department that clued us in to some future twist. I, my favorite theory I had, this is the most crackpot theory potentially of the week, was that Bernard was so out of his head with this cortical fluid leak and like all this fucked up shit that he is seeing Elsie... As Charlotte Hale. Or no, we're seeing Charlotte Hale as Elsie. And all these scenes are with Charlotte Hale. That's just not true. That's simply not true. That's that, not no, what's going that on. That
1: doesn't make any sense. That No. That it doesn't fit together in any way. It doesn't make any sense. Have they not come out and made a statement about this? Because it's kind of a big deal. You can't just jack up the names and
0: the subtitles. I know. Well, somebody pointed out that Hughes and Hale are probably... That right next to each other on the list. of You think characters? it
1: just auto-populated? Auto they
0: typed in the H, and then it just went yeah. Hale? Yes. And they were like, oh, fuck it. Well, Hails first, so that would make sense, right? It would. Um, now, this is important, because this brings us into a discussion of another subtitling mistake, but one that's a little different. So we talked a lot about... I said Gauntlet, and we, I said, oh, what's the Gauntlet? Is that when you go through all the parks in a row? Which is, seems pretty reasonable for what Ga- it might be. Gauntlet. Because uh, Grace says, when Charlotte Hale gave me the gala invite the the subtitles say gauntlet the subtitles say gauntlet everybody knows it makes more sense to say gala or gala she said gala she said no she said gala that's the point okay but the (sighs) but then i tweeted at her who's katja herbers who plays grace from the free motor functions twitter account at free motor and i said can you can you set the record straight for us and she said the Walker's, I guess the whole dictionary pronunciation is Gala. And if I had used that pronunciation, we wouldn't be in this mess. Okay, so it was a mistake. That was that was Grace saying to us, freeze on motor functions, by the way, Grace, Kaja Herber's friend of the show. Great to, thank you for interacting with us. We're great friends now. She was saying she should have said Gala because Gala was the correct, it's not gauntlet, it's Gala. Right. She said gala, which is another pronunciation, but if she just said gala, we would never have had all this confusion. For
1: those who have seen the movie uh, Almost Heroes, Chris Farley's last film, there is a scene in which the father, the father from American Pie, he's a character in the movie in the movie. He's not playing the father from American Pie, he's playing a French explorer, trapper, or something. Uh he has trouble with the word gauntlet just like
0: our girl here did. You might remember that. What a very niche reference. I'm here for the obscure. You know, I honestly, I honestly feel like the references we make are probably each understood by like five percent of our listeners. Go watch Almost Heroes. Next call.
2: Hey, all. This is Jesslyn from Dallas, Texas, calling in with a take that I noticed from the last episode. Um, uh, this is related to aspect ratios, which is a nerdy way of saying um, like how a scene is shot in cinematography. Um so the last few scenes of Bernard in the Cradle when he's walking through Sweetwater um and he's like inside of that like practicing um those host narratives uh the scenes are shot in uh, widescreen um like most like movies are traditionally and that's totally different from every other scene we've seen in Westworld which are mainly full screen um and if you go back and watch that very o- first opening scene um when or when Dolores is text- testing Bernard fidelity that's also shot in that wide screen um that was related to the cradle so that made me think that maybe that uh scene was going on in the cradle and uh Dolores is in there working on creating a Arnold host that has his consciousness in it um I just wanted to point that out to you guys and I'd love to hear your thoughts thanks guys bye
0: oh man that's uh that's those are into some things it, do, do we, come on we don't have enough problems Okay, so she's saying that the scenes of Bernard in the cradle are shot in widescreen. Yes. Maybe and they did this they've done this before where they use different camera techniques when it was like the steady cam uh, versus the like mounted cam or what, what a handheld cam kind of versus the mounted cam. They did they done this before. I forget what that was exactly regarding. Uh, but either way, they Good do insight. this they do this I know where they change up the way you see a scene in this show and like they change up the way they film it and that is supposed to have some sort of deeper meaning so what uh jocelyn is saying is that because when bernard was in the cradle it was widescreen and when dolores was interviewing bernard it was widescreen that potentially those are both happening in the cradle and that the dolores and arnold things are happening in the cradle which is possible maybe the dolores cradle and the our NOLA control unit were, was dropped into the cradle, and that's where they train them. But instead of spending all this money doing all of it in the real world with James Delos, they just saved it by doing it in the cradle. Are you saying Dolores in the cradle with the silver spoon? I am. That's exactly what I'm saying.
1: Um, shout out to all the fam females out there. A lot of women on the calls.
0: Yeah. Daddy that's, like. We, we, have a, we have a great listenership of both men and women, and we like to feature them as they call in. Keep that in mind, Fidelity. Fidelity Insurance. I know you want to market to both men and women. So just saying. You know what? Speaking of cradles, we've talked a lot about cradles. A cradle is a bed for a child, right? It is. You're a human adult, right, Ross? I am a human adult. And you sleep on a Lisa mattress, right? I need an
1: adult bed for an adult body. And that's why I have a
0: Lisa mattress. Lisa mattress is the best mattress that you can buy right now. If you take everything into account, price, easy, easy ability to buy because they ship it right to your door, comfort, comfort, uh, a cool brand to cool. attach yourself to because branding is everything these days. Branding rules everything around me. Bream, it's like Bream Hall from Silicon Valley. It's another Silicon Valley reference for you, Ross. You have ADD. I do, but anyways, back to Lisa mattress. I sleep on one, and it's made my life better. It's made my face look better. Ross, tell me how I look today. You look fantastic. If you hear the speed at which Jared is talking and the way his
1: mind bounces from one thought to another as if uh, nothing makes sense in the world,
0: that's as a result of him being so rested because he sleeps on a Lisa mattress. I'm performing optimally because of my Lisa mattress. And if you want to get a Lisa master, ma- mattress master... master mistress? Uh, if you want to get a, a, a mattress for a master, a master of Westworld... You need to get a Lisa right now, right now until June 7th. That's coming up fast. You can get $160 off instead of the usual $130 off. June 7th is my birthday. Go to Lisa.com slash freeze. They donate one mattress for every 10 sold. So you're doing some good. They also plant one tree for every order received. So you're doing extra good. Only good things can happen because you're going to be comfortable and the world's going to be comfortable around you. I highly recommend scooping
1: a Lisa pillow while you are there, uh, I Really, I recommend getting two because you need as many pillows as you can get. But just at least one. Try
0: it out. They're fantastic. I promise you'll like it. 23,000 mattresses donated thus far. 11,000 plus five-star reviews, including Ross and mine. Like I always say, we don't endorse anything on this podcast that we don't fully believe in. Ross and I literally sleep on Lisa mattresses every night. I'm not kidding. I can send you a picture of my mattress. It's in my room. I sleep on it. I would
1: rather not see that photo, sir. Okay,
0: well, then take my word for it. Black like that thing, Jared. No, lisa.com slash freeze. $160 off until June 7th. Do it now. Buy one. Get to the chopper. Uh. Next call.
6: Hey, Sam here, Salt Lake City. Uh, just two quick things. Um, I know that the brushing the eyes closed thing is like was, is like a symbolic Hollywood move to show respect for the dead or whatever, but no, that shit is impossible. Depending on how dead... Or how long that dude was dead, it's like forty eight hours. There's no fucking way you're closing those things with a gimpy little eye brush. And I'm surprised you guys didn't do a a corny alert for that or whatever. Just the fact that the writers put that bullshit in, it's just such a stupid fucking thing to do. Also, really quickly, to all the stubborn, dumbass listeners saying that it's not pronounced Shogun, just go on fucking Google and search shogun pronunciation it is pronounced shogun show some goddamn respect for jared and ross they're swerving you right you just need to trust them all right guys see ya. keep it up
1: i love a good angry call and he got really happy at the end there gets my blood boiling
0: going flowing both i'm alive (laughs) thank you uh for backing us up in the whole shogun thing because we know we're right. I am like one
1: more episode away from going and buying a PC just so I can play Shogun Total War
0: again. You can probably get like an emulator on your on your Mac. I don't what? I don't ever aber- I don't advocate that. What but I'm a saying, nerd! I'm saying you probably can. Dork. Anyways, I I always wonder this because if you're in rigor mortis and like your body's all frozen up and shit, your eye eyebrows would probably be or eye was it eyelids? Yeah, those would probably be probably pretty hard to move, right? I I don't know. You know, I haven't been around enough
1: corpses, human corpses, to to really know much about this. It just seems like, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you that I assume it wouldn't just be like this wave of the hand. This is like some Jedi shit.
0: Yeah. These are not the eyes you're looking for. Man, that was fucking terrible.
1: That was so so bad. So
0: bad. Unforgivable. Uh, Let's hear from Dave from upstate New York.
6: Hey, guys. This
4: is Dave from upstate New York. Uh, I have a theory about the, uh, Teddy's new personality, all that. I think what she did and the reason she knew it wouldn't tear him apart is she just turned him into the Teddy that he was when he supported her as Wyatt. So he's ruthless. He does whatever she needs, that kind of thing. So I think that's how she knew he's not going to be fucked because she's seen it before. Love the show.
0: Later, guys. Interesting. Um, I was under the impression that Teddy was just going to do whatever Dolores said when, uh, back in the day when Arnold gave Dolores, the Wyatt, uh, narrative that kind of made her all evil. I didn't, I didn't think that, uh, Arnold had gone in and changed up Teddy as well, but it's definitely possible that he did do that. Um, and it was just off screen and he was just saying to her like, Oh, go to Teddy. He'll do whatever you say. And then kind of off screen, he gave Teddy, These attributes that he now has and uses to kill very innocent people. Interesting. Very interesting. Dave from Upstate New York. You know, I want to shout Dave from Upstate New York out. This man has been there since the very beginning. And I know a lot of you have, but he stuck out to me because I'm pretty sure this man, Dave from Upstate New York, has called into every single episode of this show that we've done since we started back before season one. Because I'm pretty sure... The first voicemail episode, we did—we used to just take calls during our regular episode recaps. Pretty sure he called in for the first one. I, I do this show for Dave. Yeah, Dave, big fans of you. Thank you for the support. Thank all of you for the support. But Dave specifically, he's been there since the beginning. We love you, Dave. Dave and the FAMP females. Yeah, thanks, guys. You're doing wonders for us. And girls.
5: Yo, what up? This is Dave from Florida. Uh, okay, so, Crackpot 3, number 5,867. So, some people are saying Man in Black is a host, right? So, let's say the maze was never meant for him because he is already, like, a fully conscious host. Uh, so, therefore, the door would be the next game, as with Dolores or May getting out would be the door and that would be like the next step. That's why he couldn't do the maze because he's already like ascended to sentience. So the beyond, slash the door, slash the weapon, would or slash freedom is the next step in the line of consciousness.
0: This man is smoking weed. <laughs> Dave from Florida, <laughs> high as a kite. Um. Okay. I- interesting theory. So he th- he thinks it goes. He thinks it goes maze door and then total freedom. Uh. What I heard that the most recent Reddit
1: theory I read was that Ford is a massive fan of the Truman Show, which we've talked about before, and how uh, at the end of the Truman Show, Truman exits through a door into the real world, achieving freedom and achieving a real life, if you will, and that
0: that's why he named this whole thing the door. He named it after that specific door. Mm-hmm. Wow, you learn something new every single day. You do. You're welcome. So do you think that his theory is right? Because I think... No, it, I don't. I don't think the man in black is a host. I think he might be. I'm not saying... I'm, I will never adhere to that theory because it's so out there and like I don't necessarily want it to happen. Never say never, Jared. But I think it's possible because we've of seen... Of course it's possible, but it's not likely
1: and it would be a little silly, would it not?
0: A little silly.
1: He's the head of the human resistance, basically. If not him, who? Uh
0: Grace. If he's a friend host she's definitely well, friend okay, of see that the idea is that he died recently, I guess, in turn like he died he was doing the Dallas thing and then you know, he died. Yeah, it would be silly. He they would have had to make him why would they make an old man a host? Why wouldn't they just put him back into a younger body? I will say this. We
1: did see him get capped at the end of season one. Get shot, and then one of our main questions after episode one of season two was, "Hey, didn't he get shot? No he healed, he healed up when
0: he got shot, I thought. like he went over and, oh yeah, you're right. but no, but he did break his arm. <laughs> oh yeah,
1: <laughs> she snapped his arm in half.
0: And, and then it came back to him. But yeah, that, that's that. Next. That would
1: explain that though.
0: the arm snapping. Uh, yeah. He just kind of he just kind of looked at it and then just it went back. Yeah. next call. Let's hear from the state of Massachusetts.
4: Hey, this is Kara from Massachusetts calling um, with a question. Uh, Everyone seems so hung up on figuring out right now, like, who's a robot, and it made me wonder if one of the people that's always been a robot might actually be a human at one point. I've been wondering if Dolores was originally a human, and then Arnold or someone else made a robot version of her early on in the technology, and then later when the technology advanced, he or someone else put her consciousness inside the Dolores robot the scene where she's interviewing Bernard this week made her seem more like a human than a sentient host, especially with that fidelity comment. Also, she knows so much about how the outside world works and all the players in Westworld and the inside and outsides of the park and how everything functions. Could that maybe be more evidence that she was once a human builder or founder of it? Um, I don't know. Uh, Let me know what you guys think. Thanks. Love the pod. Bye.
0: No, no. No, 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 no. We're not doing this. Uh Uh-uh. I'm not. No. No, no, no. This, I mean, uh, I just, okay. I don't, Dolores, the idea being that Dolores was originally a human, and this is her training the Bernard host. Come but on. Arnold was alive. Come on, people. We saw Dolores be made in episode 10 of season one. They this made is, her, we saw her being made in a lab. Why are you searching for more complicated, th-
1: it's already complicated enough. I've said this week after week, we do not need Jared's coming up with all the crackpot theories. All right, we don't need everyone to do it. Like next week, we're gonna get a call that someone believes uh, that the wolf is a human, or the coyote is well, a human. Let's
0: not rule that out, though. We should rule that out now. Okay, just just the timeline here. We saw if if Dolores was training Bernard after being created by Arnold, then that would mean that that Dolores had to be the first one because she wouldn't have been able to see the Arnold. Like the it's not just it's not just an ever a never ending theory or a never ending was it cycle a vicious cycle yeah a bit going Arnold Dolores Bernard Dolores but like that's just that's just there's no way I do respect the take um but 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 no do you respect Wood what do you mean don't worry about it okay.
4: Hey, guys, what's up? This is Josh in Portlandini again. I just got a couple of things. Uh, first off, crackpot theory. I think the game that Ford created for Man in Black, I think its entire purpose is to break down the Man in Black facade and bring him back to the original William, who had care and compassion for the hosts. If you think about it, everything he's done has been anti-Man in Black. You know The last time he was with Lawrence, he had him upside down, he cut his throat. This time he had him upside down, and he saved him. Then they go to Lawrence's hometown, and even though he was allied with the Confederados, he did the right thing, and he killed, the, or he killed the Confederados and saved Lawrence's wife and daughter rather than kill Lawrence's wife and daughter, which he did last time. And in doing this, he earned the loyalty of Lawrence's cousins rather than having to fight them. The only man in black thing he's really done was try and force new El Lazo into giving his men, and immediately they killed themselves. You couldn't have him. I think this game can only be won by William and not by the man in black. He has to revert. And the tagline, uh, it ends where you began, seems to fall in line with that. He's trying to bring him back to who he was, which makes sense, because if you're the CEO of Delos, being sympathetic with the host, it is much, much better for the host, which I would think what Ford would want. Oh, also, the closed captioning this season has been terrible. So... Grace, she didn't say the gauntlet. She said the gala, which makes sense that she was invited to the gala by Hale because she's the daughter of the boss and the granddaughter of the founder. So, yeah, she's probably pretty big cheese. And if you need more proof of the closed caption being off, just look at anything Elsie Hughes said in this last episode. It calls her Hale, and she is most definitely not Charlotte Hale. Thanks so much. Love the show. Bye.
1: This a fantastic man, logical
0: phone call, Jared, rooted in logic. Uh, yeah. Okay. I will say this. Number one, this man's voicemail was, I want to say, flawlessly executed, because he got off a very articulated point. Very well articulated. Very well articulated. Two points actually. Articulated.
1: Articulated. Man, the irony in you not being able to pronounce articulated is is really <laughs>
0: potent. Very well articulated point. And he did it in exactly one minute and 58 seconds. Our cap is two minutes. <laughs> so this man, I don't know if he had a timer next to him and he saw it like winding down, but he crushed it. And I, I like this theory. I completely agree. I've had this thought a few times that the whole point
1: of this game would be to get the man in black back to William, uh, if you will. And it's a little bit of a terrifying prospect because William is not likable. He is a uh, weirdo little bitch boy. So uh, I don't know how I feel about it. Like, obviously, I'll say this. Ed Harris being a nice guy and going white hat will look a lot different than Williams, actor, whatever that dude's name is, uh, Jimmy Simpson,
0: going white hat. I mean, what we've seen so far in Man in Black reverting back to William, if you want to adhere to this theory, is. Is the man in black being a, the biggest badass he's been on this show? That's true. So if he keeps doing... If he becomes William but stays a fucking badass, like I'm, a I'm good, here for a, it.
1: A better version of William, almost. Yeah, I mean, what I'm looking forward to here is the show ending with uh, with with the man in black being back to William, but old, getting married to Dolores on a mountaintop wearing a white cowboy hat.
0: Yeah. That's beautiful. You should, this is more evidence that we should write fan fiction. Yes. Huh. Let's hear from Charlotte. Wait, no. They're from Charlotte. (laughs) I
1: mean, that's still technically hearing from Charlotte.
0: (laughs) Let's hear from the city of Charlotte.
7: What's up, guys? Rudy from Charlotte. I just uh, had a pretty great idea. I don't know if y'all have discussed it before because I've only actually listened to the past two podcasts, but hey, new members, so I hope you don't hold that against me. Um, one thing, if you insert a uh, human, I guess, uh, mind into a robot, instead of trying to live forever, what about the people living who just could use it for a double as themselves? So, for example, I could have my brain inserted to a robot that could do exactly what I would say and… I don't have to go to work tomorrow because I can send him instead. That is one of the best ideas I could think of right now. I'm sure there are many other reasons. That's probably why I'm up right now talking to you. But imagine the possibilities you had a a W as a robot. Now, if you get to know who's who, I mean, that could really mess up the world if every single person in the park had a double they release, and then no one would have any clue who was real, who was robots, and that would be pretty sweet. Let me know what you think
0: did not really think about this before. The idea that if all of the Delos experiments go through, we can create clones of ourselves and send them into work for us and then just do whatever the fuck we want to do all day. What would you do? Uh, I'd probably go to a water park. No, first, first thing I would do is I would send in Jared to do this podcast and then I would have him kill you on air. Damn, dude. Well, because the thing is, I have a good feeling that you were going to have your host kill my host. So I just thought I'd get ahead of the story. Preemptive strike? (laughs) Yeah. It's a tactic I learned in Shogun Total War for PC. Okay. (laughs) God. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, that's a pretty interesting usage. And I will say this, uh, my Charlotte friend. I do not hold you being a new listener against you at all. It's not your fault. I think, if anything, I'm happy you're here with us now. Welcome. Because it means that you decided to join us into the se- Like, you already missed some episodes, but you didn't care. You just wanted to get here for the rest of it, and I respect that. Thankfully. Now, if you have friends who you haven't told about the show because you're like, oh, you know, maybe they don't want to start listening because they would have to get caught up. No. You can literally just start listening to the next episode. So The what future w- is now. The future is now. So what I want you to do is go to your best friend who watches Westworld but doesn't listen to the podcast and tell them, hey, start listening on Monday to their episode recap for episode seven and just stay with them for the last nine or whatever episodes of this podcast we have left this season. And then they'll come back and join us when we come back for season three. Because like Westworld, we are confirmed coming back for season three. Everybody wins. Your friend becomes more knowledgeable. You and your friend have more to talk
1: about. You become closer. Your friendship becomes stronger. Jared and I get to keep our jobs. Everybody wins.
0: Yeah. What Ross said. So, new members, shouts to you. Let's get some more. Ross, this is my favorite call of the episode, so I want you to pay very close attention. Okay, I will. I'm going to turn the volume all the way up, too, so you can make sure to hear it perfectly.
8: Hey, this is Dean from Indiana. Uh long-time listener first-time caller just calling in with a crackpot theory that i think y'all are gonna like it's uh really really good (laughs) he just
0: dropped his phone i i I hope he's okay i don't know what. (laughs) he just got jumped from behind that's that's the problem he didn't call back I checked oh fuck Dean if, from Indiana didn't call back what if Dean from Indiana
1: making that phone call was attacked by the first robot to go rogue <laughs> just hit him over the head with a club or something and it took his phone and that's the robot rebellion that has begun in the real world the
0: timing of it yes yeah, I think you're gonna like it it's a uh, pretty good <laughs> like did he get did he just get haymaker just got clobbered it's, I'm not gonna lie I so, googled Indiana Dean to see if there was a death li- lately and if we were just airing this man's death on our podcast somebody just crumpled that guy. Hey Dean from Indiana, please call us back so I know you're okay. Yeah, I really want to hear that crackpot theory. <laughs> oh God, let's talk about let's talk about the Greyhound again.
5: Yeah. So when you say that Jacques manifests himself in the uh, park as the wolf, I don't really understand that because don't we see Jacques in the park when Bernard finds like young Ford? Like we see Jacques running around. I mean, I get that all those hosts are off the grid and they're not like, officially hosts, but they're still in the park. So I I don't know where you're going with that, Jerry. You need to lay off the crack. Uh,
0: No, sir. Here's what I'm saying. All of the, the... Don't think about the Ford family of hosts, which we discussed a lot last season. Those are, like you said, they're not part of the park. They're probably not even in the cradle. They were just created as a present to Ford, and then he just has them running around and shit. And then we saw Jock die. Those are not the same as... That, that jock that we see dead and that was killed by little Ford is not the same as the jock in the cradle. Named after jock who stole. Yeah. <laughs> was it really? I assume. Huh. I think it's jock, J-O-C-K, not Jacques. but. I make an ass out of you and me. Okay. So anyways, here's what I'm saying. When I say that the wolf is jock manifesting himself in the park, what I'm saying is this. So. Bernard, by when I yeah okay yeah let me just I want to sure make sure I want to make sure I lay this out clearly. You're explaining what is, is what I took to be a joke theory. No, this is a real theory I have. Are you kidding me? You're not joking. This is I was always seriously. That's why this this guy called in, Jerry. This is important. Yeah, you're not joking. I I okay. What are you gonna do when I'm right? Are you gonna buy me lunch when I'm right about the wolf? Let's do a lunch bet. Okay, sure. Okay, so you like to eat Wendy's? I'll buy you Wendy's. Four for four deal what i see you eat wendy's a lot wendy's yeah i've seen you eat it multiple times i don't know that that's correct sir although it doesn't matter because as longtime listeners know the wendy's four for four deal is a big time sponsor unofficial of the show whoever loses this bet has to buy the other person a wendy's four for four deal but here's here's what i'm saying okay jared ford brought jock into the cradle with him because he just wants a companion in there because he loves Jock, his greyhound. And he wants to hang out with him. And if you're in the cradle, you need to be manifested in the park in some way. For Ford, he can he's manifested inside a lot of the hosts. He can just go into their brains and like control random shit in the park. Jock can't do that, so he needs to have some sort of other role in the park. And I believe that role is as the roaming wolf. That's why we see Jock... In the uh, in the Sweetwater, or no, sorry, in Escalante, right near Ford's dead body. When we see his dead body on the stage, the wolf is right there, in between Ed Harris, and Ford. Explain that to me, bitch. I'm not going to respond to that. If you're a Wolf Boy, if you're on the if you're on Team Jock is the Wolf. Tweet at Freezel Motor, hashtag Jock is the Wolf. And let us know your solidarity with me, J-Bone. Thank you. Shut up, Ross. Yeah, stay quiet. I do not understand how
6: Dolores could possibly be going through the host's training with Bernard Arnold at the very beginning of the episode. It screws up the time. I believe it screws up the entire timeline that we have, that they've, kind of led us to believe is going
5: on so i'm sure you'll touch on that but
1: i don't get it this is rob from chicago (laughs) but rob why are you whispering
0: (laughs) maybe it was late at night or he's at work yeah i love that he put his uh identifying info at the end (laughs) this is rob from chicago by the way i might start signing off like that all right guys this is rob from chicago signing off yeah, uh, we're going to give you your answer at this volume.
1: So uh, we don't know yet where this fits in chronologically. Uh, my advice would be to let go of uh, the desire to fully understand as it is never going to happen.
0: At some point at the end of the episode, season, whatever, you will find out the answer. But for now, just bask in the confusion, baby. Yeah, drink it down. Next call from Noland.
8: What's up guys, this is Alex from New Orleans and uh I wanna see y'all's thoughts about uh Ghost Nation in this last episode and kind of in general because in the entire series you're led to believe these are a bunch of host savages who terrorize other hosts or try to terrorize guests or basically the scariest, you know, thing host in Westworld. So uh I'm wondering if the purpose of Ghost Nation actually is to secure the guests in case of emergency and lead them to exit points and also find stray hosts and return them to some locations they can put back in their loops. Like when they found Teddy earlier in the first season and somehow after they were done with him, put him back on the train. Uh, So what my question is, well, what do you think of the interaction between the ghost nation guy and Maeve? Are they trying to return, you know, a lost host to her loop or are they treating Maeve as a human now because of her level of quote wokeness? Uh, I don't know. just, uh, little thought I had. Uh, you know doing a great job. Keep it up. Thanks.
0: I have no idea what Ghost Nation is up to right now, and I think I speak for all of our listeners when I say that. Yeah, the closest theories I've had are, are
1: pretty in line with what he just said, that their purpose was either to return uh, hosts that have gone off their loops or keep humans safe. It really doesn't matter which one they're attempting to do with Maeve, um, and we don't know enough to really make any more guesses on exactly what it is they're the purpose they serve in the park
0: Akachete does says we are meant for the same place to Mave. yeah so what same place does that mean they're at the same level of kind of consciousness or they're both meant for I mean we know that was Akachete who was one of the first hosts he he was the guy who showed Logan rest in fucking peace uh, around for that demonstration
1: oh yeah yeah
0: so we know they're both really old hosts and I think there's still some connection between the old hosts being the ones who are kind of the special ones. But we still don't have any, a reason. We still don't know that yet. And I want to say this. Uh, Evan Rachel Wood said that this season is about to turn the fuck up, I believe. She might have said that before this past weekend. But I think we're going to get some crazy answers about Ghost Nation relatively soon. Turn up. So stay tuned, which I assume you're going to stay tuned.
7: Hey, it's Drew from Georgia and uh you guys are pronouncing Dolores' name wrong. The R and the E are silent.
8: It's Delos.
0: <laughs> okay. Oh oh I didn't realize that. What? Uh he says that, that Dolores is actually pronounced Delos. He no.
1: said
0: he said the R and the E. So if you take the R and the E, it's actually Dolos. So <laughs> it's that's so, just not funny. It's just Drew from Georgia jumping on the we're pronouncing stuff wrong. People love getting on us, you know. We've a lot of haters. We got Shogun, we got people came at me for the gauntlet thing, which I admit I was wrong, <laughs> but I love my haters. Are they your motivators? I didn't say that. My, I didn't say that. My I, haters are my what? Your what?
5: Hey, this is Anthony from California. Uh I'm I just started listening to the podcast. And Ross, what the fuck, man? You just keep smashing on Jared constantly, like o- over and over again, man. I listen. I'm a Clam Fam guy, RBP gang, 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 and bro, you're just fucking wrecking Jared regularly. It's kind of turning me off from the podcast. Like, if it continues, I'm just gonna. I hope it doesn't, because I'm only on episode episode three, and I like the show so far. But you just fucking smashing on him constantly is kind of kind of me turning me away from the podcast. And uh, I'm hoping it stops because uh, I like listening to you guys. But All right. Bye.
1: Ross, thoughts? Okay. First of all, it has gotten better. I don't rip on you nearly as much as I used to. So he's got that to look forward to. But he needs to keep this in mind. If I wasn't here to rip on you, to belittle you, regularly demoralize you this this podcast would be utter chaos yeah it would just be jokes about the wolf the burn coyote notice, whatever burn notice. burn notice uh what else what are the things you like? spinners Fidget spinners. These are the things that you would have to look. I mean, things every being episode, close to godliness. Everything. Every episode would be chock full of that, and him pronouncing French words in funny ways. That's
0: that's what the show would be. If if Ross wasn't here, I'm gonna agree with Ross. If he wasn't here to, to break me down when I when I need it, which is a lot, my head would be so big that it would it would fill up the entire the entire podcast studio, and then like burst out. And when it bursts out. It would it would shoot the door off its hinges, so it would be kind of like Micah leaving the room. That's how loud it would be.
1: I do find it entertaining that everybody who listens to like oysters, clams, and cockles, or the Ross Boland podcast, and is is fully aware of the fact that I'm not a mean person, when they listen to FAMP, they're so confused. They're like, "Why is Ross being a total dick, dude?" That's just it's just like the dynamic that Jared and I have. It's not. Don't freak out.
0: Ross and I are great friends. It's going to be okay. <laughs> Jared, Jared and I. It's, it's just a weird friendship. So, me and Ross, for, for like two years, I was the only person he would play ping pong with. Yeah. He would refuse to play with anybody else because he loves me so much. I always say we're best friends, and I mean it. Me and Ross hang out on weekends all the time. I dog state his dogs. I throw dog in pool. I watch Burn Notice at his house. <laughs> Naked. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. You know, I play
1: with a fidget spinner.
0: <laughs> me and Ross, we have fun here, you know? It's all, it's all in good fun yeah don't don't come on man but thanks for listening enjoy it's it's just jokes and you can what are those other podcasts you mentioned by the way
1: i already uh, oysters clams and cockles if you watch game of thrones and uh the ross bowlin podcast if you want to hear me talk about animals and shit
0: and uh and and crazy stories that have happened to you and
1: crazy stories about yeah fidget spinners mostly
0: yeah uh yeah yeah uh, yeah yeah uh Last call. All right.
3: Hey, guys. It's Courtney out of Oklahoma City. And I was listening to the episode five analysis mode thing. And I think Jared said something about how since uh, Teddy and Dolores and Maeve and Hector are all going to be parallel, that it's going to end the same way. But in reality, or like in literature, parallels like that are set up to where people notice the differences and notice where they change. So based on that, I think that uh since well like since teddy and dolores started off as like the good couple they were like the innocent rancher and handsome cowboy and then they went all bad now that the originally bad couple maven hector the hooker and the outlaw that are going good they're going to be the ones to keep going good and end up stopping teddy and dolores especially now that he's all murder crazy And they're going to do that by flooding that valley. Um, Anyway, I could be wrong, but that's just where I took that. Thanks, guys.
1: This just gave me a brilliant idea, Jared. Go on. She is saying that uh, Dolores and Teddy are Breaking Bad and that Maeve and Hector are going good. A hit television series exists titled Breaking Bad, yet I'm not aware of one called Going Good. You and I could create that right now.
0: You think we need to make going good?
1: Yeah, and it's about like a drug dealer who who turns good and starts working in a children's hospital.
0: And then he narks on all his old acquaintances. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah, but at the end, he. Uh, well, I won't spoil anything. But it, yeah, a lot of a lot of the scenes are just him in the police station, like writing down his old accomplices, <laughs> giving tips, <laughs> yeah, and compliments to cops and donuts and coffee and shit. Now, no, that was he, a good call. Uh, you, you you're we get it. You're smart. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Um. I agree. That's kind of the trope that's going on here is we're seeing the dynamic change all about. And Teddy, my friend, is going to go buck wild, I I predict. Well, he already kind of is. He shot
1: a guy in the face last episode. That was kind of unnecessary. And he already has shown the last of his mercy. There's no more to be had. Yeah, there is no more. That was it. But she has a good point. It's it's not just about... I mean, yes... the, the storylines are kind of running parallel, but their decisions will not be... It, it, you're absolutely right. It's the differences, the ways
0: they change that make those two things interesting. And that's it for this week of calls. But there's one last note I have, Ross. So here's the deal. ManOutfitters.com and RowdyGentlemen.com are two places that if you want to support our podcast, aside from the reviews and ratings and listenings, You can put money into our company that puts out these podcasts by buying clothes from manoutfitters.com, which is a retail site that sells Vineyard Vines, Sperry, Patagonia, Columbia, Southern Marsh, all the clothes that are going to make you look awesome.
1: And a bunch of lesser-known brands that you might not have ever heard of that we have discovered and we are putting into the spotlight for you. Also, we own and operate both of these brands, manoutfitters.com and rightygentleman.com. You're not supporting somebody random. This is how you support us here at Grand X Media, all the podcasts that we get to do uh and you get clothes in return it's not
0: you're not yeah. just giving us money we're not we're not asking for donations we're not a patreon page hey give us money so we can keep doing it no hey give us money and we'll give you something in return while you listen i will say this
1: i'd be very interested in seeing what a patreon page for you looked like uh, if there were shirtless photos perhaps
0: nipple tweaking this would interest me you would be interested in my patreon maybe not for the reasons you think but huh. i would be interested <laughs> Anyways, Rowdy Gentleman is the other one. It, that's just straight up good times gear. Maybe if you think you know about Rowdy Gentleman because in the past we were all in on patriotic clothing. We have since branched out, spent a lot of time and effort and development into crazy awesome new designs for by the pool, by the by the beach, the lake, walking down the street, going bodies to, of water, going to a Whole Foods, mm-hmm. so, Hawaiians hats, great hats, great swim trunks. Check out rowdygentleman.com
1: Yeah, Use we that still that do code.
0: patriotic stuff. But sure. we branched out Now here's the deal This is what made me think about this Okay Man Outfitters We just got in our new summer arrivals Okay Oh yeah I clicked on it on the front page Of manoutfitters.com We have a pair of swim shorts I shit you not Ross Called the Dolores Elastic Swim Shorts Wow Yeah Describe them to me They're from Ruka a Very established brand That makes incredibly comfortable clothes Ruka Been wearing Ruka since like 7th grade Ruka uh, I'll read it to you. The Ruka Dolores elastic trunk is a four-way slub stretch trunk with an all-over printed design and a Ruka motors patch at the wearer's left leg. Well, I just came. Yeah. So, if you buy the, the Dolores elastic swim shorts, six-inch inseam, with 15% off using code freeze, FREEZE. FREEZE. at checkout. Tweet it at us, because I want to know if one of you is dedicated enough to wear Dolores on your legs. It's spelled Duh space Dolores, by the way. Okay. Still counts. It does. And there we go, baby. Tweet at us, DM us, leave comments. We will respond to you. Make sure you DM Ross at W R Bolin. He only takes DMs. I'm kidding. Ross hates DMs. Tweet at him. I don't hate DMs. It just please, <laughs> just a just a regular tweet would be lovely. Yeah. You see, if, if you're too much of a coward, Ross says to tweet at him publicly. Then, then, please th- stop putting words in my mouth, Jerry. <laughs> I'm at Jared Borislow. He is at WR Bolin. We are at Freeze All Motor on Twitter, at Freeze All Motor Functions on Instagram. If you haven't followed those accounts yet, I would do that right now, all four of those, because we are about to pump out some amazing end of season content. And all the content that we put out, or at least the very big share of it, is inside jokes from the show. It's funny things that we say that you're going to get that a lot of people won't. You're going to feel like a cool part of a club when we post. A, we have, a, we have a, one going out today. If you listen to the Tuesday episode, we talked about Sergeant Sakura's Lonely Hearts Club band. We got a Photoshop going up for that. Just you, not we. And uh, yeah, if you, if you just be quiet for a
1: second, Jared, um, yeah. you hear that? That's the sound of me judging you if you haven't rated and reviewed the show and followed us on Instagram and Twitter. You should feel great shame and perhaps be forced to commit supoku.
0: Seppuku. Sudoku.
1: By the way, somebody did tweet at me saying that I was pronouncing it correctly and that you are an ass.
0: They said I was an ass?
1: No, I added that part in.
0: Okay. It's time for the NPR style sign off for yourself. motor Functions is brought to you by Grand X Media and hosted by me, Jared Borslow, along with Rick Balters. Woo-hoo. Michael Wiener produced the show, regrettably. Special thanks to Phil from DC, aka Schnapple, on SoundCloud for our intro music, Brad Hess for our outro music. And intern Serena, who does insanely awesome Westworld-themed Photoshop work for us, that you can check out on our Twitter, at FreezeAllMotor, and Instagram, at FreezeAllMotorFunctions. Follow them right now. Ross is, for some reason, standing by the door, petting our soundproofing. Like it's a cat. What are you doing, sir? We'll see you on Monday for our Episode 7 recap. Bye-bye.